Hi, welcome back to Unstaged. Today, we're reading Black Boy in Pink by Isaiah Reeves, and we're joined by the playwright who will introduce himself in just a minute along with the actors. Today, we're reading part one of the play, and next week, you'll be able to hear part two along with our post-play conversation. So please make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss that episode. Here's Black Boy in Pink. First of all, Thank you guys so much for doing this. This means so much. This was something that took me by surprise. I had put Black Boy in Pink down for a couple years. I had been writing period pieces and I had not been writing about myself. I was so afraid to write about being gay and being Black and the intersections of those two things. And this was the first time with this play that I actually did that. So. We did a production at Northern Kentucky and I decided to adapt the old version of the play into something new and that became Black Boy in Pink, which went to Lincoln Center for a developmental reading with Classical Theater of Harlem, which got me into grad school at the University of Iowa. And this play really changed my life. And my father died shortly after I wrote this play. And now I'm writing contemporary horror, but I'm so happy that this play is being revisited. That's so awesome. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely sense like that you have some experience writing period pieces when reading this play. At least I could. I felt like I was really like really close and uh, what's the word like tactile, which I love. So great job. And I'm so excited to dive more into what this means about you and about you, these intersecting identities and history and how all that kind of plays out. It's a really beautiful play. So thank you for letting us be a part of it. My name is Keegan Robert Doyle. I'm gonna be playing Douglas and I'm just extremely grateful to be here. Uh, this is a really intimate piece and uh, I'm really excited to start presenting theater in new ways and accessible ways. Uh, and this is both, so thank you. I'm Sean, I'm in Portland, I'm playing Vincent slash crooner. Hi, my name is Brant Mina. I am playing Wyatt Frost. I'm really excited about this play. I think it's a, it's a really, really fun piece and, and uh, the way it brings, yeah, the way it brings together the experience of being black and being queer is, is kind of really exciting for me. I'm Jenna and I'm gonna be not reading the stage directions today. This time I'm going to be playing Blair and I am the creator and producer and editor of Unstaged Podcast. So I'm so excited to be doing this again. I haven't read a role in any of these plays in quite a while um, and this is a really really lovely one so I'm excited. Hi my name is Ray Gleaves. I'll be playing Rudolph. Um, I'm currently based in Nashville, Tennessee and I'm just really excited for this opportunity to be a part of this. Hi, my name is Brielle Folks. I am in Homestead, Florida. I will be reading the part of Black Woman's Voice, and I feel really honored to be able to engaging, be engaging with um, upcoming Black work. Hi, I'm Esther Cunningham. I am based in Brooklyn, New York, um, but a recent Cincinnati transplant. Um, and Isaiah, I actually think I saw you in a fringe piece a few years ago. So it's really fun um, to see this piece and to get a, be a part of this. And I'm excited. I love reading new work. 
Thanks for bringing me on, Jenna. My name is Isaiah Reeves. I am an Iowa City-based playwright, but I'm a native Cincinnatian. And I'm so honored. Thank you, Jenna. This is just such a beautiful opportunity. Black Boy in Pink by Isaiah Reeves. Prologue. And now, a word from this show's sponsor. Hi, y'all. It is I, Douglas Russell of Cincinnati's own Russell Wieners, a.k.a. your best pal. And I'm here, per usual, to implore you to buy more Russell Wieners. Yes, indeed, grade A Wieners, the very best Wieners. Enough Wieners to make a chain from Cincinnati to Dayton and back again. Trust me, I know the way you've trusted my family to provide the best of the best. Russell Wieners. End of prologue. A disembodied Bobby Darren-esque voice sings the following sonnet against a doo-wop beat. Maybe there are backup singers. Attempt at your own risk. So Wyatt Frost is named after the cold, but kiss and touch recall the seething heat. His spirit cloaked with dust and that of old, his smile is yearning, simple, young, and sweet. He swerves his curves to snatch the eyes of men. They follow and like gulls they peck and eat. They trail his beige behind from glen to glen. When done, they simply up and leave. Apartment. Wyatt Frost sleeps as winter wind is heard from outside through an open window. The window slash door may or may not be physically on stage. Someone closes the door, waking Wyatt, who emerges wearing pink bloomers. He comes across a pair of men's boxer shorts, along with some money. Reverend Walker. Reverend. <laughs> um. You recollect my face, don't you? I'm Sister Celestine, remember? Reverend? Anyhow, um, I know you ain't seen us around the pews for a minute, but I prayed for a sign and my steps was ordered to you. Come back, you forgot your skivvies. Reverend? Um, my boy Wyatt, you know he was a little slip of a thing the last time you saw him, but he be big now and, um, I come in from the day's work, Reverend, to find my boy battering up his face with that there whore paint, and I don't know where or how he get it. I can't afford none myself, and even if I could, I wouldn't get none. But he was battering up that black face with reds, Reverend, with blues, Reverend, and even peaks, Reverend, and I say, quit that there stuff, boy, quit that. And I say, fetch a switch, and he get a whooping, and that be it. Um, then one week, two weeks later or something, I come in from work to find my boy, but <clears throat> betting another boy in the very bed he was born. And I tell his daddy, but his daddy'd kill him. I try to talk to his grandma, but it'd kill her to know. So I talk to the Lord, who is my mama, my daddy, and my everything. And now I be here, rummaging for more. Give me what to do, Reverend. 
give me what to do because this life right here strangle the breath out of women like me. God, I'm so scared for my baby for he be on the pathway to destruction. Wyatt has finished his face. Rudolph enters. Hell no. Sit down. Rudolph, don't. Don't don't me, boy. You aiming to get locked up in the cooler again, gallivanting around like that. My duty is to look after you. Don't you ever walk out that door with no makeup on. You can wear all the rouge and lipstick you want to in here. But out there, such to get your front teeth booted and running around Cincinnati like that. And I, I say I hate Cincinnati and its people and, and its weather. And it's... I don't see why. The same rules apply no matter what city we in. Might as well hate the world. Look me in the eye and list off to me the three golden rules. Wear a bandage on a sore thumb and don't stick out. Don't never let them see who or what you really is. Man it up. Lower the talk, smooth out the walk. And straight up and fight. That's right. Anybody serve you up some trouble, scrap. Even if you go down, go down scrapping. You hear? You sure is a pretty boy with all that junk off your face. God ain't make no finer creature than a queer Negro boy. Never forget that. Rudolph kisses Wyatt. All right, now. Let's eat us some grub and make us some money. Hook ourselves a John. Where tonight? The Hotel Gibson. But car folk ain't welcome in there. That's why we're going to be outside. Trust me. I'll leave you to put some men's clothes on. I'm going to go run next door and fetch us some turkey sandwiches. Nothing says happy Thanksgiving like some turkey sandwiches. But I'm going to miss the Donna Reed show. Why watch a white woman on television when you about to make some white man bread? Wyatt hands him money. More than what you get from the reverend. Wait, if I can't wear no makeup, can't wear no glitter, I ain't going to feel like me no more. Sure you will. You got them bloomers on underneath, huh? Nobody going to see them bloomers, but you know they're there. Nobody going to see the you in you, but you'll always know it's there. Rudolph leaves. God? Sister? Let me be strong tonight, sister. Let me be strong. What you say? I was talking to the Lord. Tell him I want a Cadillac. <laughs> I don't want no Cadillac. More than anything, I want to be a white folks Thanksgiving. Yeah, I bet white folks Thanksgiving be real nice. Wyatt disappears. We're now at a white folks Thanksgiving. Biscuits. Biscuits. Vincent, pass the biscuits. Say, please. Now. Blair, this spoon is dirty. You passed the biscuits, but you didn't pass the butter. My fork is dirty, too. I need a knife for the butter. Why is everything on my side of the table? I don't know. Pass the gravy. I'm your brother, not your son. Speak up. I am your brother, not your son. Younger brother. Younger sister. Careful, Iris. You'll inviggle me red with your impudence. I what? I said you'll... Never mind. Blair, kitchen. But of course Blair may dine amongst the rest of us. By gum, she's family. 
I still have dirty silverware, but sure. Much obliged, Mr. Russell, sir. I'll return with the rest of our meal. Must you write at the table? Rude. I need to write down my ideas. Oh, which one of us is running the family business? If anyone should be working at the table, it is I. Away with your pen. And legal pad. Will you shut up? Vincent. Here we are for the gents. Turkey with a side of potato casserole. What about the ladies? Blair and I are both on that new clam chowder diet. Ladies home journal. Oh, but that Jane Mansfield's quite fetching. And full-figured. A woman's twins may be ample, such as mine, but her waist, not in 1959. Or ever. Have some of my potatoes. Do. I insist on it. Appreciated, darling, but I refuse to gain an ounce before my time. And none for you either, Blair. You could use this diet a great deal more than I. I am as big as this very house, after all. And no one is disagreeing with me. You are not Blair here. You can have some of my potatoes, too. Why, sir, how kind. Our perspective is now split between the apartment and the Russell home as Wyatt and Rudolph eat. Maybe Rudolph and Wyatt literally sit and eat on the floor in front of the Russells as they look down on them. Now, with one of Mother's traditions, let's go about the table to say what we're thankful for. What are you thankful for? We've all reason to give thanks. Look at where we are. We could be in the West End or something. I hear they'll revive the area one day. <laughs> Who knows when that'll be? Soon, I dream. Fewer and fewer of us and more and more of them. What if I ain't thankful for nothing? What if I ain't yet got what I want? I want a... Handsome husband. And I want a... Handsome home. And a... Perhaps a handsome child. Someday, soon, I've much to take pleasure in. And I don't want a whore no more. I'd be a kind of... Thankful to have a job that's lasted me so long. <laughs> Good and... Honest work, like my father and my... Mother swept this very floor and wore this very apron and... Making beds and scrubbing dishes. I could do something like that, even if I never... Live to see one of my plays make Broadway. I'm thankful that though I be but a struggling artist, I get to struggle in comfort. The struggle don't ever end for us. We was born to struggle. Don't you think I want that life? Don't you think I'd... Like to say something, a special announcement. On this most special day, we're newly married, Iris and me. And we're aiming to conceive of something better for us. Go ahead, exactly. You can't. The world be a cage for us. It's not a... Nursery will be built, cradle and all, before the new year. In Vincent's room. What are, what are you, you trying, trying to, to say? say? That you're not going no place else. That you'll have to go someplace else. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? What? You mean there is no child? Yet. And you're throwing me out into... The cold, cold world ain't no place for you. Let me take care of me. Who look after me? Mother and father are dead. Anytime one of my boys walk away, they end up dead and... They would want you to learn how to get a job and be on your own. Why? Why do you tell me these things? Now. Now is not our time. Don't know when our time's gonna be, but now is... The best time to tell you considering you've got a plate of food in front of you. And furthermore, I fend for you. And boys who got somebody to fend for them are sissies. Sitting at home, living another man, living <clears throat> sissies. Sitting at home, living under another man's roof is for sissies. A real Joe goes out and earns his own keep. And that's the way it'll always be. But I grew up here. This is our Belle Reeve, our money. Our... Perhaps it would be ours if you knew anything about legacy and responsibility. It could have been ours. The meat plant and all of it could have been ours, but you blew it. I'm darn angry about it. Our. Father would have sooner burned the plant down and the house with it than to have left it with you. That's why I am left to my office every morning, and that's why you were left with nothing. I can't do this. I'm leaving for the evening. <laughs> Not if I leave first. I will always be first, always, sissy. But what of Suffer? Where are you off to? To work on my play and settle down. To work on my <clears throat> work and settle down. Wait, I'll fetch your coats and scarves and things, wait. Claire leaves, Iris, alone, quickly and sneakily stuffs her face with potatoes before Blair re-enters, coats in hand, and stares. You saw nothing. Blair catches up to Vincent and Douglas. Wyatt's apartment, nighttime, in the dark, he enters and speaks to someone who is off stage. What are you standing there for? The door's open. It's your first time, ain't it? It's all right. We'll have ourselves a ball in a net, you and me. You watch. You in the cold air and come on. A hey. male figure cloaked from head to toe in a scarf and coat, perhaps a hat, enters. Something changes in the room. There you go. Now let me set your eyes on that. Now let me set my eyes on that face. Don't you worry now. Nobody noticed you. And nobody's gonna. Not in here. In here, ain't nothing but you and me, party boy. Wyatt removes the figure's layers, revealing Douglas. Douglas pecks Wyatt's lips like a hummingbird. What was that? Let me show you how it's done. Relax some shoulders. You're not this stiff at home, are you? As a matter of fact, <clears throat> yes. Um, you want a beer or something? Something to ease you? Christ, no. I, I mean, I stopped drinking long ago. 
I have to. Then let me ease you. Breathe. In. Out. In. Out. In. Wyatt kisses Douglas even deeper. They have sex. They have finished. <laughs> Good golly gosh. <clears throat> that, uh, that was, that was like, well, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> That'll be four dollars. Four dollars. Shucks. Shucks? What? It ain't like you don't got it. Two dollars for Negro men, four dollars for white men. Pay up, sugar. It was worth four hundred. You can put your trousers on. Lickety split, huh? <laughs> Douglas kisses Wyatt. Hey, now, watch your hands and watch your mouth. Our party's over. That'll cost you another nickel. I'll bring more nickels next time. Tell me when I'll see you again. When your boss man inks your next check. Believe you me, that won't be a problem. Wait, I've seen your face before. Of course you haven't. East side, born and raised, never come to the west side, and never, ever to <laughs> Lincoln Court. I've seen your face before. And I frequent the Hotel Gibson, taking meetings and doing my own work. Never seen you there before this very evening. Mm, I've seen your face before, and it's going to nag me all night. Hold it. <gasps> you're a Russell Weiner. I, I mean, you're a Russell. The Meat Packers. Shh. Quiet. Any other fellow was shouting my name like that in these parts, I'd slug him. No, I'm not going to do that. You sure as hell will not, unless you want to get slugged back. But I will be stern. This is to be kept only between us. My name isn't to be shouted or even whispered. Understand, lovely? I'll only keep that secret if you promise to stop blowing smoke in my... Look at yourself in the mirror. You're a beaut, eyes like almonds, and that smile, brighter than silver. Oh, and those rosy bloomers go perfectly with that full figure. Your skin, like a triple chocolate scoop of- Colored folks don't like being compared to chocolate. <laughs> Would it make you feel any better if I compared myself to vanilla? <laughs> You're so crazy. And you, lovely, gosh. You're my first boy, my first Negro, my first everything. I might come back tomorrow for more. If you do, bring a rubber or four more dollars. Douglas exits the house. Iris is eating violently, but quickly hides the food when Douglas re-enters. Iris! Honey. I didn't know you'd be working so late. I didn't either. I didn't know you'd be awake this late. Well, I didn't either. Couldn't sleep. I had the nightmare again about the bed bugs and the rats and mommy beating me like a dusty quilt. And I woke up and I called for you, but you weren't in the opposite bed. Promise me you'll be here next time I wake. I, I can't engage when you're like this. Clean yourself up. Mother and father can see us right now. But they're dead. Your mother, 
your father, suppose they don't see a thing. Douglas and Iris nearly have sex. Don't, don't. <clears throat> now, I, I, I can't promise anything, sugar pie. There is, there is work to be done. Not for myself, work for the family, us. And my being a man, my dear Iris, is far more important than my being here. My, how I adore you. The apartment, day. Wyatt is alone. Disembodied voices rise in Wyatt's head. Don't fault me. You his daddy. Maybe if you was around, things would have been, could have been. Don't fault me. Quit that. Quit doing that to me. You always, it be the devil's fault. So that's who we gonna fault. You be the only one we gonna fault. Maybe. Voices quiet. A special knock is heard. Wyatt turns to see a figure covered and cloaked from head to toe with a bottle of scotch. Something changes in the room. The layers of clothing are removed. I think you'll be back a day later. And I brought treats. You stopped drinking, Mr. Man. You never had good stuff before. A uh, little taste won't hurt. Better than canned beer. And this. Wouldn't want to make a baby. <laughs> My. Those undergarments. Hmm. Do, you, do you always wear those? It's a secret. A secret? <laughs> Never mind then. Let's make love, shall we? So you want to know? I'd rather make love. Hold it. We don't make love. We can't make love. That's what happened yesterday evening. No, it's not. I ain't never made love with nobody, and it's not going to start no time soon. It don't take love to screw, but making love takes love. That was what we did. Mm -mm, we screwed. It's my job to screw and nothing else. So let's not make pretend like it's something more than it was. What if it was more than that for me? You'd have to know something about me to make love. Something deep with meaning to it. Maybe we would be making love if I told you something nobody else knew. If I gave you a piece of me with words, which I'm not gonna do. I don't want to screw or what have you. I'd, I'd like to make- Not possible. You don't give a goddamn about me. We both know what you give a goddamn about. Oh, you sure do make a lot of assumptions. Try me. Turn around. I don't want you to look at me. Turn around. Wyatt slowly disrobes Douglas. I see in pink. I think in pink. I feel in pink. I bathe in pink. I dirt in pink. I cry tears of pink. I smile a pink smile and dream pink dreams. I smell, taste, and think in pink. Don't know why that be. Suppose it come naturally to me. Always been that way, always. And uh, my Nana, I call my grandma Nana. She thought school and uh, <laughs> um, she used to say that in white men's books, pink means innocence. 
I love Nana. I don't see her no more, and I reckon I am, I don't know, trying to find that innocence in myself, if any, trying to hold it, trust myself in it. So when my mama and my daddy sent me out the house and I made my money, I, I got these. These rosy drawers was the first thing I bought with the dough of my own. Yeah, the only thing that's truly mine. The only thing that's truly me. If I ain't seeing pink, thinking pink, feeling pink, it, it would all be gray. And sometimes, st sometimes I can't see no pink, no color, no place, only gray. And I lay in bed wrapped in gray, my chest burning, wanting to cry so bad, but the tears not coming out. And when I find my mind wandering off, thinking up ways to end it, all I call out, pink, pink, pink. That's mine. Tell me yours. You know how hard it was for me to say those things to a John? How much that stung? And you can't tell me one thing? I'm afraid. So very afraid of everything. Afraid of things people wouldn't venture, such as myself and the little boy inside chases me. Was that hard? Concrete. Did it sting? It burned. You and me, we fellows aren't supposed to be afraid. Let's you and me be afraid together. They make love rolling around on the floor and ending up at the audience's feet. They have finished. I uh, can't come back day after day anymore. I can visit you, but once a week. Why so often? Uh, <laughs> away from home, I feel free. I don't feel watched. I feel like myself. And everything we do is hidden. And one secret per visit from the both of us, big or small, or no love is to be made. Ding dong, ding dong, four weeks until Christmas. I've been thrown in the cooler, twice, your turn. When I look in the mirror, it's as though I'm only able to see the flaws, every blemish, the entire wrong of me. Ding dong, ding dong, three weeks until Christmas. I watch the television every night, hoping I can step in, be somebody else, something else. And me, I, I long to step outside of the television. Ding dong, ding dong, two weeks until Christmas. There wasn't one day in the schoolyard where I didn't get my behind beat, so I stopped going to school. I cry, daily. Yes, there's one week until Christmas. When I was young, mother said that if I didn't behave, the Frankenstein monster would be under my bed. And <laughs> don't you know, I still check under the bed to this day. <laughs> my wife's none the wiser. Your wife? <sighs> of course you've got a wife, of course you do. And so you should. The women probably can't keep their hands and eyes off you. The look and sound of you, them their eyes, 
that their smirk, than their arms, that their chest, you. How looks ought to look and how sounds ought to sound. According to what? Everything. My Nana showed me how to read with the movie magazines because it had pictures. Pictures of Gary Cooper and Clark Gable and Spencer Tracy. You, all I ever see, all I ever saw, you. Don't see nobody like me in no movie magazines. If only. <clears throat> Sadly, I, I must go. What are we going to do when the snow melts? When the cold's hot and the dead tree's alive? No coat, no scarf to hide your face. It appears you're beginning to look forward to seeing me as I look forward to seeing you. No. Yes. Yes. It's been cold since we met. The warmest cold I've ever felt, all because of you, Douglas. Careful with my name. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Let's cross this bridge, then. I'm 19, strong enough. I can work hard and I can work cheap. If you get me a job at your meat plant, I can get up on my feet again and we could see each other secretly. Could you do that for me? Give me, <clears throat> give me some time to think. A little more time than that. I think I could love you, Wyatt. But shit, damn golly. Why'd I just say that? <clears throat> anyway, I, I have to pay you. It shouldn't cost nothing when you fond of someone. Douglas starts out. Rudolph enters drinking something and purposely bumping him on his way out. Wyatt prays, unaware that Rudolph is watching. God, sister, it's me. What's the meaning of it? Why is this white man fooling with me? Why? You know what? I'm not going to ask why. I'm, and all I'm going to do is thank you. Thank you, sister. Thank you. Rudolph pours his drink all over Wyatt. I know your black ass ain't thanking God for no white man. Don't you ever let me catch you doing that, ever. What's wrong with you, boy? I love you, but I'll beat your black ass blue if I ever hear that again. You know how they do us. The world around us is slowly getting torn the hell down because of them. Then what'll become of us? They liable to just move all us niggas to the zoo. Listen and listen good. Thank God for the money and the money alone. And be careful. You tell any of the other boys in your collection to be careful? Indeed I do. And I even had to tell myself more than once. Oh, and boy, the pink in your drawers is starting to fade. Rudolph leaves. You still there, sister? You know my dreams like the words to a Dinah Washington song. If nothing comes of this, if I ever touch, if I never touch my dream, make my heart like Hercules' arm. Give me gumption, make it so I can't make it out some way. Cause this life, this life strangles the breath out of boys like me. Let me breathe anyhow, let me breathe. That's another thing they can't take away from me. Thanks for listening, honey girl. And tell Jesus I wish him a happy early birthday. Amen. 
the house, Blair is wrapping and bagging presents as Vincent type. Mr. Russell is going to look, oh, so, mm, in this sweater, the sleeves will hug his arms beautifully. Blair. And when he left for the plant this morning, oh, he looked, oh, so, ugh, in that tailored suit, the seat of his pants hugged his. Read my play. Later, Vincent, dear. I'm preoccupied. I'll take over the gifts if you read for me, if only a little bit. Well, I reckon. Blair reads. Vincent sorts through the gifts. Um, Vincent, this sounds a tad familiar. I've always depended on the kindness of acquaintances. To Douglas, to Iris, to Iris. Ella, Ella, cries Hanley Krabowski. Where have I heard this before, I wonder? To Iris, to Iris, to Iris, to Douglas, to Blair, to Iris. And guess who got nothing? Their way of phasing me out, I guess. Don't fret, Mr. Russell. Don't fret. Mrs. Russell is soon to return from another round of... Shopping's only peaceful when the store isn't a lunatic asylum. Now, has all been wrapped? Nearly, ma'am. Here are the rest. And once you've finished, we'll dish about the Christmas Eve affair. Party of the season. I know, my coming out party. Guest list of gold. Iris? You're going to lose your mind when you hear these names. Uh, Iris. Strap in, honey. Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Iris, hey, <laughs> hey. Oh, don't snap your fingers at me. Is my Christmas present in one of those bags? Your having lived here for so long is your Christmas present. It isn't fair. You're already throwing me out after the holiday. I can't get a single gift in my childhood home on my family's dime. I can't get anything. Talk to your brother about it. To his orders, I'm obedient. I'm talking to you right now. Conflict makes me uncomfortable. Douglas has always treated me badly. He was my parents. You, little girl, should be on your knees singing my Doug's praises. If I had it my way, you wouldn't have been taking a snooze, or you would have been taking a snooze on Fountain Square ages ago. But he wanted to look after you for a bit longer, in spite of the fact that you soil our perfect picture the way you soiled your parents' perfect picture with your faggoty playwriting. Conflict makes me uncomfortable. I am straight as an arrow, thank you. And what of you? You think the country club crowd is going to accept you? They know a girl like you only get this far by licking boots, among other things. Vincent! You think you're one of us? We've got blue blood. What color is yours? I know all about you, gold digger. Go back to your tenement, Hick. Might as well be from Kentucky. Take that back. Nope. Vincent rips, tears, and destroys multiple presents. There. Got her snipe. Iris rips, tears, and destroys Vincent's play. Money-grubbing, knuckle-gnarling, soul-pretzeling cunt! Chases after Iris. Blair chases after Vincent. 
the hallway of the apartment building. Wyatt is alone. Operator, could you please transfer me to um, the Laurel Holmes line? Building one, Sister Epstein, it's me, Wyatt Frost. It's been ever a day, I know. I, can I speak to my grandma, please? She's still there? She home? Good, bring her to the phone for me. Nana? Nana? Yeah, it's me. You remember my voice? How's you? How's church? Mama? Daddy? They all right? I don't know when or if I'm coming back home, Nana, but I know I miss you. Oh, me? I've been all right. I'm in school, you, you know. Yeah, studying to be a... Well, I ain't yet got that figured out. I got my own apartment and everything. I, I've been reading and praying and I found a church. Pastor gonna change me too. Make me right good. And when I'm better, when I'm not pink no more, I'll drop by and I'll see you and I'll give you a big old kiss and a big old hug. <laughs> Wyatt alone readies himself for the evening. The voices of his mind speak. So Wyatt Frost is named after the cold. I miss my baby. But kiss and touch recall a seething heat. I miss my baby so much it hurts. But he ain't a baby no more. His spirit cloaked with dust and that of old. You ever catch the feeling that maybe just maybe we the ones who be in the wrong his smile is yearning simple young and sweet no we the parents we not wrong us women always dreaming up things that don't make no sense i don't know the spell is broken a knock is heard wyatt sprays perfume before he opens the door you ready for some afternoon loving? The house. Blair is sorting laundry as Iris enters. You'll never guess where I'm off to. Come along, guess. You said I'd never guess. Lunch with none other than... No. And she invited me. Phone by line this very morning says she'd like to acquaint herself with the Russell boys' shiny new fashion plate since she missed the wedding. <laughs> and she'll be attending my Christmas Eve ring-a-ding this Thursday. <laughs> We'd better stop. I needn't get too chummy with a maid. But my goodness, me, a seat at the table, all I've ever longed for. Iris leaves, Vincent enters. Why she and not me? What's she got that I've not? Glamour, certainly. How I long to be beautiful as she, but I'm only as lovely as, oh, I don't know what. <laughs> My, how blue you look. Blue, maudlin. Why must writing a play be so tooth carving? Why? when everything about our lives is so Moliere. 
writing a play is tooth carving, then rewriting one must be a root canal. Maybe my parents were right. Maybe I should have gone into meatpacking. Who am I fooling? Never ever. I don't want a normal person's job. Even but the whirr of such discomforts me. My vocabulary. I'm a playwright in the Midwest. Vocabulary is all I have, particularly now. I do loathe that Iris for doing this to me. I loathsomely admire her, but alas. Alas, my ass. I'm going to get her if it kills me. Yes, it was an awful thing for her to do, but the things you said were awful, just the same. With a mouth like that, I'm shocked you haven't been put out sooner. You, you've always gone a hair too far, Vincent, since we were children. You've always taken sides since we were children. A rubber falls out of Douglas's pants as Blair shakes them out. Heavens by heavens. What? On the floor. Look down. What have we here? Out of Doug's pocket? My word. A simple explanation. Iris. Yes, that makes complete sense, considering they're turning your bedroom into a nursery and contraception is illegal. Mind your affectation, Blair. Hi, I need a dictionary just to talk to you. Maybe that's why no one likes your plays. Oh, Vincent, honey, I... I am so sorry. I'm on edge, as all. Another simpler explanation, please. I'm afraid there's none simpler than that which naturally comes to mind. I mean, there are alternative uses for such things. He could be using them to help open jars of honey and jams. You know, placing a prophylactic over the lid would make for a much easier jar opening experience. Or if we're out of clean cups, those things can help hold up to four quarts of liquid. <laughs> or he could use them for makeshift socks if he's ever taking a walk by the river or something, seeing as how it floods and all. But my brother isn't bright or ingenious enough to come up with such things. But he's president of the second highest grossing meatpacking plant in town. Mind you. One needn't be brightest nor the most ingenious to be president of anything. The smell test. Oh, come along. No woman of means wears Chelanti. And Iris wears... Voodoo by Dana. What's the matter? This is a riot! Precisely what she deserves. If he was going to wreck his home, he could have at least used my wrecking ball. You're fooling. I wax the banister as I wax about the bass in his baritone voice and I, his ice dream hair, and you think I'm fooling. And in the evening, I kiss his photograph as I give myself a tickle. Heavenly Father. Huh. Um, many a gal has said such about Doug. I've been saying those things since back when my mama cleaned his house. I'd sit on the step just there and I'd watch him. And the older I got, Mama would say, Blair, sugar, one day he'll overlook your unfortunate face and your unfortunate waist, and he'll truly see you. Well, I try to repair this face with makeup, and he doesn't see me. I'm on a dumb old diet, and he doesn't see me. No man does, but he sees Iris. And whoever this trollop is, those are the only kinds of women who get to be seen. 
But why him? Look at him. He's Rock Hudson and Tab Hunter and Liberace Tootsie all rolled into one. And then there's me. No, Vincent. I didn't mean... You're not as dreadful as people say. And your looks aren't as dreadful as you say. Your looks aren't dreadful at all. If only the object of my affection thought the same. Well, now we know why the object of your affection's been working so busily as of late. Stop sobbing. Honest, he's home. Make like a poinsettia and act natural. They hide the rubber. Douglas enters. They act natural. What are you two kids up to? Swell. <clears throat> oh, it's chillier than I thought it'd be. I'm, I'm going to bundle up some more, then off to work. Work? That's right. Hmm. Listen here, little brother. I circled some boarding house listings in the morning paper. To keep you sheltered while you earn apartment money. You ought to go for a drive yourself and see what you like. Things are beginning to get out of hand around here. You know what I'm speaking of. I'm going to take him up on that. I'm following him. And you're coming along. Coming along, my Aunt Fanny. This is your red wagon. We'll take the other car. They'll see us trailing behind. That's why we'll keep our distance. And the car's black. We'll be around other black cars. We'll blend right in with the traffic, even if we stay a vehicle behind. And there's but a dusting of snow he won't be able to see from the wet windows. I really don't want to be found out. We won't. Wouldn't you like to see what she's got that you have not? Let's take the back door so he doesn't see us. Let's beat feet, player, beat feet. We are now at Wyatt's apartment, outside. Indoors and outdoors, we're alternating perspectives between outside the window and inside the window. Again, there doesn't have to be an actual window. Stay with me. For now, we're inside. Douglas enters cloaked. He then removes some layers. First floor, duck soup. Are you for certain this is the right apartment? Look, there. This neighborhood's a chasm of many terrors, Vincent. Suppose we get mugged or tampered with. They carry razor blades, you know. Who's that negress with the Negro haircut? That is a Negro. I'm back. The job? Any word yet? I told you, we... I know what you told me, but I want the job. I need the job. You need it? I need it. How bad? Very. I like that. What is happening? Shut up. Yeah? Yeah. Beg for it. Please, Doug. Call me Daddy? Please give me the job, Daddy. Please. Kiss me. Kiss whom? No. Kiss me. Make love to me. Make love to whom? Go, go, go. Baby. Don't touch me. I need to go. I don't, 
I don't know who, but somebody's been watching me. So what? So what? Are you stupid? Don't call me stupid. I'm not calling you stupid. I'm asking if you are. I've been disrespected too many times to be disrespected by you. What the hell am I doing here? How could I be so... How did I think I'd get by unscathed? Who knows who that could have been watching me burn the Russell name, ruin our legacy? My father slaved so we wouldn't have to live in a dump like this so our blood would mean something and I soiled it. For what? For us, I thought. <clears throat> this must end, Wyatt. What you doing? What you talking like that for? Why so stiff for? This must end before we get too wrapped up in it. I've been wrapped up. Wrapped up in the coat of you, the scarf of you, the blanket of you, the ribbons, bows, the wrapping paper of you, and I stripped it all away for you, for a John. I didn't ask you to do that. How are you going to stand there and say that I, I, I bit the bullet and I opened myself up to a John until you became something more? Bye. Don't play with me like that. I don't play. Bye. All I feel is real. Fake's easy. Reels tied into a knot. You don't play with real fire, real matches, real pistols, real knives. Good. Bye. My love, my life's not some MGM Technicolor movie, some black and white television program that... Well, mine is! That's exactly what my life is. You're a colored boy walking around in bloomers, for Christ's sake, so obviously you don't have anything to lose. But I... And if you aren't able to see those things, then maybe you are as stupid as all the other little- I'm what? What were you gonna call me? Oh Christ, why did it slip out? I'm... Okay, you know what? How about you haul your ass and get out of here? I'm so sorry. Save your sorries and get the fuck out. I said get out! Douglas leaves. God, sister, I ain't, I ain't doing so hot, girl. I asked to breathe and I can't. Are we, we still sisters, right, God, girl? You still like me? Because you could tell me if you don't. Maybe you already told me. Maybe you ain't even real. Rudolph enters. The pink in your drawers faded a little more. Hush up crying. I told you to be careful, boy. Here we is doing this again. We doing this for five minutes. Hear me? Back to the house. Blair and Vincent sit in complete stillness and silence. I could have at least been a white boy. Would that honestly have made it any less shocking? A girl, a plain and ordinary girl, would be the snow underneath our feet. A boy, a plain and ordinary boy, the wet grass beneath. A negress, the mud beneath that, but a queer negro boy. I didn't even know that was a layer. This is much, too much excitement. I feel faint. And they kissed with such animalism. And imagine what they do with the rubber. Picture it. Even now, now, very now, 
A lean white steed is tupping the black ewe. I don't know what that means, nor do I know whether to weep or to vomit. Neither, for nothing sweeter could have fallen onto us. This is rich. What? For once, we've got power, you and I, and with said power, we will do as we will. What? Oh, but you've something peculiar in your eyes, and I want nothing of it. For my own health, I am to forget this entire day. Forget your sorrow? Forget you, the fact that he's been your fancy all this time, and yet he'd rather bed buckwheat than you? Forget you that Iris treats you as Douglas treats me, as excrement? Ah, you're as angry as I, and like excrement, I can smell it. We're in this together. No, 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 no. Uh, I'd rather keep my job above all else. Keep a job here? In this den of iniquity? If only father knew, and mother, maybe then they would have loved me. What'll become of me? They get everything. Sissies do. Douglas has gotten everything. And William Inge? Tennessee Williams? They're sissies, obviously. Where'll I go? And they get Pulitzers for their plays. And I? Not a thing. The world just, the world just throws things at those types. What'll I do? And honest Joes like me? It is our duty to snatch it all back for the keeping. What'll I have left? Uh, we'll have one another. We'll have the memory of the looks on their faces. We will rip apart their dreams as she ripped apart my play. If only for a moment, we'll be the normal ones. I don't know. Even if the plan turns to dust, they can kick us out, but they can't kick the truth out. I don't know. Soon our sobs will belong to them and their snickers to us. Will you join me? I don't know. Can't sleep. Nightmare. Where is he, Blair? Where is my husband? Blair, I'm afraid and you're not answering me. Can't you see I'm hysterical? Where is Douglas? What? Did you eat him, you fat bitch? Um, excuse me. I should be crying, not you. That was unnecessary. You shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have what? If I don't toughen her up, who will? The world's got a hell of a lot in store for the delicate. Oh, I forgot. I'm not speaking to you. Too late. You just did. Do you cry like that? Ever? What, what I choose to show you is all you need to know. What if I want to know more? What if I need to know more to tolerate you? Nothing's about tolerance, but everything's about the fight. Rage can either be a cold toilet seat or an easy chair. What is it for you, Vincent? You don't know. Iris leaves. Hours pass. Vincent thinks. Blair slowly but eventually re-enters. There is a silence before she speaks. All right. All right. All right. What's the plan? I haven't one. You don't? 
terrific. Now I have to come up with something. I hate you. No, I don't. My goodness. Oh, I'm not good at this. Fuck. Dear me. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to think. I'll simply do. Let us take the easiest route and tell. That's all we need to do? You're supposed to be creative. Telling, it, it wouldn't be enough of a game. Where goes to the phone? Come. The address, please. What are you? The address from earlier, please. And keep your voice down. Lincoln Court, Building 2. Yes, Operator, Lincoln Court, West End, Building 2. Here. These housing projects and things most usually have single lines in each building, so someone also answered, do your very best Mr. Russell impression. <laughs> I write, I don't act. Damn it, we're such a... Yes, miss, apologize for the unfortunate hour. Yes, I'm tired too. Miss, are you aware of a... Wyatt, he called himself Wyatt. Wyatt, on the... First floor. First floor. Would you be so kind as to fetch him for me? It's urgent. She's doing it. But you can't imitate Doug. You're a woman. Really, Vincent? Who this be? I'm in the middle of something. Good evening, sir. You're speaking to Douglas Russell's administrative secretary. Russell? Hmm, I'm hanging up. Wait. I was instructed by Mr. Russell to give you a message, and if I don't, I will get in trouble. Tell Mr. Russell that he can take his pink cock somewhere else. Um, he wants you over tomorrow evening. What? Between seven and eight. Do he think I'm stupid? You know what I is? Did he tell you who I is to him? Um, no details. He simply said that he'd like to extend an invitation to discuss a job at... A job? Of some sort. Of some sort? You serious? You're not serious. You serious? I've no reason not to be. I don't know. This don't sound... He appeared terribly sincere. He did? Yes, he said he's fond of you. He said he's eager to work with you. But I... 715 Spring Hill. He says it's your last chance. Be there. That'll be all. Bye. Wait, I... But that's when Iris's Christmas party is. Have you lost your mind? It appears I might have. And I like it. I like it too, strangely enough. And that's all for part one of Black Boy in Pink by Isaiah Reeves. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you're subscribed for next week so that you don't miss the rest of the play and our post-play conversation. And if you have a chance, please rate, review, and share the podcast with your friends. We'd love to get more people in on Unstaged. Thanks again.